0: You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. Welcome back to Parsha Power. My name is Rabbi Arya Wolby from the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. This week's Parsha is Parsha Meshpatim, and it's the first Parsha after the Jewish people receive the revelation at Mount Sinai where the Almighty himself speaks out the Ten Commandments. And now there's a review of all of the explanations of all the mitzvahs that were commanded to Moshe at Mount Sinai. Our sages teach us that Moshe reviewed what he learned from the Almighty directly to Aaron, his brother, the high priest, and then reviewed it again to the sons of Aaron, and then reviewed it again to the elders, the sages, and then reviewed it again to the people of Israel. And then Moses left, and then Aaron took that same role. He taught what he learned to his children, and then to the elders, and then to the children of Israel, and left, and so on and so forth. And that way, each person there learned it four times. Our sages teach us that it's very, very important that when we learn something in Torah that we not just think that if we read it once, that it's sufficient. We need to review it again and again in order for it to stay and be cemented in our memory. On the top of every page of Talmud, there are four lines of the commentary of Rashi and Tosafot. And the reason our sages tell us is because before you turn the page, remember to review it four times. We also see a similar idea with regarding planting that when one plants fruits, vegetables, or anything that grows from the ground, there's a four-step process. Number one is we plow. Number two, we sow. We plant the seeds. And then we harvest, and then we consume. The same idea is true with any wisdom that we want to attain. First time you hear it, it's just plowing the surface. The second time, it's planting seeds. The third time, you're harvesting. And the fourth time, you consume it, you make it part of you. So just as a quick reminder that everything we learn, we learn Torah, review it, review it, review it. The second incredible piece that I want to share about this week's Torah portion is the laws of a slave master. And it really is so incredible how the Torah, which to many people, I've heard many people relate to the Torah as something which is arcane, ancient, but really it's so modern. And if you think about it, we in a world where everyone is talking about the magic word of equality. The Torah teaches that if a Jew stole and didn't have money to repay the debt of his theft, he was sold to a Jewish slave master. And the Jewish slave master had many rules that applied to him. He's not allowed to resell him to someone else. He has to feed him the same food. He has to give him the same type of bed. If he only had one pillow, it goes to the slave. If he had only one blanket, it goes to the slave. If he has one bed which is more comfortable, one bed which is less comfortable, the slave gets the more comfortable bed. He's not allowed to give him just lowly jobs, you know, tie my shoes, go pick this up for me. You know, he had to give him a a dignified work, no extra work, no overtime. He had to give him a wife, and he had to allow the slave to buy himself out at any time. So if someone came up with money to pay out the rest of the debt that was owed, that would obligate the slave master to release his slave. And what we see here is a really amazing thing, that the Torah cares so much about the dignity of every human being, even someone who stole, even someone who owed money, who made a mistake, he's still a human being, we have to treat him in a proper way. And I think that that is the tremendous lesson of equality, that every person, every human being deserves to have dignity. We'll see this in the next idea, the third idea on this week's parashah. The Torah tells us regarding this slave that after six years, he would go free. No matter what, he would go free. The sabbatical year, the shemitah year, will release all Jewish slaves. But what's if a Jewish slave says, you know, I really like it here. I like my wife, my children. I like the setup in in my master's home. He takes good care of me. So we take him to a doorpost and we bore a hole in his ear. So the obvious question is, why do we poke a hole through his ear? But also, why at the doorpost? So we poke a hole through the ear, our sages tell us, because that same ear that just last week's Torah portion heard directly from God you should be a servant to me and not to my servants, this individual says, no, I like it at my master. I want to stay a servant of your servant. So that same ear that heard God say, you should not have another God before me, that same individual didn't listen, didn't hear the message from the Almighty. We poke a hole through his ear. But why do we do it at the doorpost? You know, another time where we have something with the doorpost is by Pesach. Pesach, every, every Jewish person put the blood from his offering on the doorpost. And we also see we have the mitzvah of mezuzah, also a doorpost. And I think there's something in common with all of them. A doorpost represents a threshold to a new beginning. When the Jewish people put the blood on the doorpost, what they were saying on the lentil, what they were saying was that we're ready to start a new beginning. The doorpost represents a new threshold, an opening of a new beginning. The same we have with the servant. The servant was about to be released. He was about to start a whole new life. And here he wasn't utilizing the idea of a new existence, a new life ahead. And he wants to stay back in the old one. That same doorpost that he doesn't recognize should be the opening of a new beginning is where he gets his ear bored. But we also have a mezuzah, and it's a mitzvah that we recognize. Hopefully, we have a mezuzah on every doorpost in our home. Why do we need a mezuzah on every doorpost? Because the mezuzah reminds us of the Almighty, but it also reminds us that Hashem loves us. Every time we go through a doorpost, it's an opportunity for a new beginning. No matter what we did previously, even if it was just in the other room, we can always turn a new page As we enter in the new doorpost, we remember the Almighty is with us. We have a mezuzah there. It's a new beginning. The fourth idea is that the Jewish people said, We mentioned this last week in the Parsha Power, that the Jewish people were excited about the commitment of the relationship. I don't think it should be overlooked that Judaism is not a religion. Judaism is a relationship. Every mitzvah that we do is meant to bring us closer in our relationship to the Almighty every sin, God forbid, that someone does is what distances a person from the Almighty. All of the mitzvahs that we have are opportunities for connection and the Jewish people, all they wanted was the connection. Naaseh, we'll do it. it. doesn't make a difference, the conditions. It doesn't make a difference, the ramifications. We're in a relationship with the Almighty. And that's why the Jewish people jumped before they even said Nishma will hear what it is whatever it takes it doesn't make a difference we compared this last week to a couple getting engaged no couple knows in advance what the marriage will bring about what it will entail the challenges that lie ahead but there's a commitment because there's a relationship the relationship no matter what will happen later we don't say at the moment of engagement well i'll get engaged i'll I'll get married only if you tell me what what does it really entail what is it no There's a relationship, there's a love, there's a commitment. And that's what the Jewish people demonstrated by jumping and saying Naaseh and then Nishma. The details will follow. The fifth idea is that in this week's Torah portion, we see the morals and ethics that are God-given. All too often in our generation, people are limited by their prejudice and their own personal perspective, their own emotions in how they navigate morals and ethics. And I think it's important to have a a compass, a moral compass that's not based on our own whims, but rather based solidly in what the Almighty teaches us. The God-given morals, the God-given ethics of how to conduct our lives is really the essence of what we need to be. Not what modern culture tells us, not what the movies and society and and Hollywood tells us, but what the Almighty tells us. And in this week's Torah portion, we find a plethora of beautiful ideas that the Almighty is conveying to us of how we need to lead our lives. We, the Jewish people, are required to be a light unto the nations, to take those morals, to take those ethics and apply them into our lives so that when the nations of the world see us, they should say, "Me ka'amcha Yisrael, who is like your nation, Israel. My dear friends, have an amazing Shabbos. Thank you so much for joining us. And we're looking forward to seeing you next week. You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast, a Torch production. Become a supporter at torchweb.org because your assistance enables more Torah learning around the globe. To find more lessons offered by Torch, please visit TorchPodcast.com.